You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, most of us, if we've lived long enough, thank you guys. Thank you, guys. Most of us, if we lived long enough, you know, we've gone through a time that uh, perhaps has, like, knocked the wind right out of you. And by that, I mean something that has caused you to question your faith and question God and his goodness, right? And perhaps, you know, maybe that isn't you. Maybe you're strong in your faith, and I'm so glad you are. It's so much hope there. But I can't help but think that there's someone out there or a few of us out there that are struggling with our faith. Maybe even you or, like I said, someone you know is struggling. So stay with us as we talk about faith and uh, consider three truths that will encourage you or anyone going through a crisis of faith. Well, Familia, we're like in the home stretch of this series where we're praying and fasting that God make a difference in me so that I can make a difference for you, right? Pastor Doug has talked about how we can do this by being holy, by being honest. And next week, he'll talk about being holistic. But today, I want to talk about being hopeful. Be hopeful. And if you're real, if we're real with ourselves, we might admit that sometimes we're not so hopeful and we struggle with our faith. I know that I have for sure. And, uh, but I do want to tell you to be hopeful. And I know what some of you think you're probably saying a pastor chaplain, somebody who's been a seminary struggling with faith. Well, yes, I've had my doubts in the past and I've actually gone through a crisis of faith myself. I'll explain that here in a little bit. But a crisis is something that's happening in our lives that is out of the ordinary, that is beyond our coping ability, right? That's a crisis. And a crisis of faith can happen during that time where we question our beliefs in God, where we question his goodness. We may even question his existence. And for me, what? This situation happened to me like four years ago, four years ago to the date, right? My father, who was a very strong, hardworking man, was now dying. And one of my favorite memories of him that I've held on in my heart that makes me smile to this day was him flexing his arm when I was a kid and just showing me that muscle, Right? And here he is flexing for our grandkids, his great-grandchildren, right? But that last month of his life was one of the toughest months for me. And then that last week was even tougher. You see, my dad was the patriarch of our family, the spiritual leader, not only strong physically, but spiritually and to see him go through what he went through there at the end, you know, had me 
questioning my faith. I was actually saying stuff like, God, don't you see this? Why don't you, you don't hear my prayer to please take him already. You don't see us? I even questioned if he existed. I hated seeing my mom and my brothers and sisters ache along with me as we try to care for my dad the best we could. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been through a broken relationship, divorce. Maybe you've experienced, like many of us have, the loss of somebody you really, really cared for and loved. Maybe there was an illness that came upon you or a family member that's made you question. Maybe there was an accident that like totally knocked the breath and wind out of you. Maybe it was a man-made disaster like that shooting out in Uvalde a while back. It makes you question your faith, your faith in God, his goodness. Makes you even wonder about his existence. And all during this time when you're going through this, you might even feel unheard by God, unseen by God, and have this hopeless feeling, right? I'm here to tell you today, guys, that when you feel that your hope is gone, when you feel that the Almighty is just nowhere to be found, when you feel like there's just very little faith inside of you, that it's almost gone, you can be hopeful. Before I continue, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, for uh, the unfolding of your word, Father, that it may give light, that it may impart understanding not only to me, Father, but to all of us. Help us, Father, to have faith. And today, Lord, as your word says, Lord, if we hear your voice, may we not harden our hearts, but listen intently. To you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. In his name, I pray. Amen. So what is faith to begin with, right? And what are some things we can consider when we're going through some struggles, when you might be going through a crisis of faith yourself, feeling unseen and hopeless? I'm going to present to you a couple of three truths that I think will help us navigate through those tough times in our lives we might ourselves be able to help somebody going through some stuff. You guys remember a couple of weeks ago, Allie said this joke. She said, how does Moses make coffee? How does Moses make coffee? Well, he brews it. Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews... We're going to find a definition of faith. And actually, if you ever have like questions about faith or you want to read about faith, the book of Hebrews of all the New Testament books says the most, the most about faith. And here's what it says in chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to break that down a little bit. The, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Substance. Let's start off with that word. You know, some translations will use words, other words, assurance, reality, 
or confident. It's the three that I've seen out there, but I like substance. Substance is speaking of something, some particular matter that something consists of, right? Think about substance this way, like ingredients. The ingredients of a cake, right? They contain flour, sugar, milk, butter, whatever you put in there. And this, all of that together, those ingredients, is the substance of a cake, right? Cake substance is made up of things hoped for. Now let's move over there to things hoped for. What do you hope for? What do I hope for? Well, we hope for a lot of stuff, right? We hope that we're successful in our work. We hope that our kids grow up and are great young adults that will impact the world. We hope that we ourselves can impact the world. We hope that the Cowboys will beat the 49ers, right? We hope for a lot of stuff. Let me ask you this. Let me switch that question around. What if you lose Faith. What happens when you lose faith? Well, you're going to lose hope. The reason is because faith and hope are tied together. They're tied just like they're tied together in this verse, right? And hope is directed towards something that you expect about the future. Let me show you how they're tied together in this illustration. You have a father who tells his 10-year-old son, Hey, son, tomorrow, I'm going to take you and your friends to Fiesta, Texas, right? And the son, he gets this excitement, this joy, this hope for tomorrow, right? He's hopeful for tomorrow because he trusts his dad. He has faith in his dad that creates this hope. So hope and faith are tied together, kind of like, Beans and cheese, cheese, beans. kind of like tortilla and a taco, right? Kind of like barbacoa and big red. Can you tell we're fasting, right? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let's say it together when I point to you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. One more time, guys. I didn't, I didn't hear you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But here's the deal. That word hope is not like we think of hope, right? If I say, uh, I hope that my wife will buy me that 70-inch HDTV for my man cave for my birthday, well, that may or may not happen, right? But hope in the Bible means something different. It means confident expectation, a confident expectation. Here's the difference. That 70-inch TV that I want from my man cave has already been paid for and is being shipped to my house as we speak. When I get home today from church, it's going to be there. That's a confident expectation. That kind of hope is different, and it stirs a joy inside of me. I wish that was true, but... So yes, hope means confident expectation. And here's the second part of that verse. It says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Let's say that together when I point to you. Ready? 
Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Evidence. I think that we all know what evidence is, right? Evidence is the crumbs on my shirt of the cake I said I didn't eat because I'm fasting. Right? Evidence points to a truth. You guys have seen this before, right? Evidence marker. You see that in movies, right? They put them wherever there's a little bullet casing or some type of thing on the ground that points to that there was a crime or a gun was fired or something. But in the case of faith, faith, evidence is pointing to something that is unseen. And this got me thinking, what is unseen? Well, in our faith walk, we know that God is unseen, right? That's like, we know that. But what else? Well, your future is unseen. Viruses are unseen, right? I flew to Denver a couple of weeks back and I never saw the pilot. So the pilot was unseen. And yet there's evidence of all those things, right? If I keep eating hamburgers, I can see myself in the future being a little bit more fluffy, right? I can get sick from an unseen virus and we landed safely. I never saw the pilot. Evidence is a truth that points to something unseen. Something unseen. Do you have the substance, the evidence of things hoped for, of things not seen? Turn to somebody next to you and ask them that question. Do you have the substance and the evidence? Do you have the substance and the evidence? I want to submit to you that you can and that you do. Right? I want to encourage you to fight the good fight of faith, familia. That's going to be our big idea for today. Fight the good fight of faith, familia. Those four F's. Fight the good fight of faith, familia. You know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was encouraging his young protege, Timothy, when he said those same, those same words to fight the good fight of faith. Right? And I think God today wants to encourage us, encourage me, you, to fight that good fight of faith, right? So now we kind of got a little idea, a little grasp on what faith is. The evidence, things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. I want to direct you to three points. Three considerations when it comes to when we're struggling with our faith, where we feel unseen, where we might feel hopeless, where we might be going through a crisis of faith, where we might be going through a season in our lives where we're doubting. The first point is simply this. You are not alone. Check this out. I gave this message a little different version of it to city youth. Now, here you have middle and high schoolers. I said... Let me ask them this question. I'm going to ask you here a little bit. I asked them, by a raise of hands, have any of you ever struggled in faith where you're asking God about his goodness or wondering if he even exists? How many of us in here have, have had those kinds of thoughts, right? It was amazing for me to see that in those young kids. I asked my tribe, we went walking yesterday. We do have a prayer walking tribe. We get together a couple of times a month and we go walk. It was about 14 of us. I asked them the same question. Almost everybody 
raise their hand that they've struggled with their faith. So you're not alone. As a matter of fact, why do you think that the author of Hebrews wrote what he wrote? He wrote it because people back in that day were having trouble with their faith. They were having trouble with faith in God. And check this out. He wrote it to Christians, to believers. So they themselves back then were struggling. Check out what the Bible says in Hebrews 2.1. It says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. You're not alone in your struggles with faith. Some out there have drifted away. I've known people to say this. Maybe you have too. You hear people say stuff like, you know what? I used to believe, but ever since my son died, I don't have faith anymore. Or ever since I got this disease, I don't have faith anymore. Ever since I lost my job, I don't have faith anymore. And like I said, even pastors struggle with faith and God's goodness. Check out this prayer from a pastor. He wrote in his journal, Dear God, the pain that is beginning to set in right now is so intense. I can't see your goodness. I know you are near, but I don't want that. I want my wife back. I want us to grow old and to die and experience heaven together. But what happened to that plan? Why was that plan so wrong? And why do you find it so appalling to have my wife love on our kids for a few more years? And now that you've taken her, God, when is it my turn? And how often would it be if you decided to take me home and leave our kids without a mother or father? You couldn't have changed your plan by one minute. One minute. And that stoplight wouldn't have been read. One minute. So no, I can't see your goodness. All I can see you is allowing my wife to be killed. And all I can see you is allowing my kids to live without a mother. So how wrong is that? The pastor wrote that. Loss, grief, suffering can create crisis of faith. And I in no way want to diminish or downplay the pain that someone might be having because of some of those things I just mentioned. My heart is with you. Hope remains even with a hint of faith. So even though you may be struggling with your faith, you feel unseen, unheard, hopeless. You are not alone Fight the good fight of faith, familia. The second point is this, and it's related to the first one. It's okay. It's okay to struggle in our faith. It's okay not to be perfect in our faith. I mean, if you consider, just for a moment, if you go into the book of Hebrews, consider all those heroes of faith that by faith did so many different things. Check it out. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, Rahab. By faith, David. By faith, so many more. All of these mentioned by faith were far from perfect and struggled themselves. And check this out. The heroes of faith in the Bible... Some of them were liars, murderers, adulterers, prostitutes. So yes, we do not need to be perfect. 
Fight the good fight of faith, familia. And here's the third and last point I want to make. Maybe it's the most important one. You received a little jar today, right? When you came in, did everybody grab one? I hope you did. Pull that jar out. Whatever you do, do not try to take the lid off. Okay? The lid is glued onto this little jar. But inside of this little bitty jar is a little bitty mustard seed. I have to look through my bifocals to see it. But this little mustard seed, Jesus makes a point about something that's so small. He says, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So even if you have a little faith, I think Jesus was making this point. Even if you have a little faith, fight the good fight of faith, familia. Even if it's just a little bit. And here's the thing with that tiny faith that you started off with when somebody planted that seed inside of you. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was sometime recently. That faith, under the right conditions, like a seed, when it's watered, can grow, right? Subjected to the water, the living water of Jesus, put it under the light of his word, your faith will grow kind of like this huge tree that started off as a little bitty seed. Yeah, this is not a mustard tree. This is the giant sequoia. My wife and I got to go out there and see the Sequoia National Forest so big. I told my wife, asked my wife in the picture down there at the little at the bottom. I said, hey, me, I'm gonna step back and take a picture of you in this huge tree. I kept on walking back and back and back. I could not get that big old tree in the frame completely. That's how big that thing was. That's how your faith is. It can grow exponentially can, under the right conditions. Fight the good fight of faith, familia. You know, I was telling the team here at church as I was preparing this message that I had this revelation. I think I, you guys know, some of you know that I, I work as a chaplain in hospice. And uh, I've done several funerals, right? And a couple of years back, I had this revelation that, wow, this person who just died was a believer. They no longer need faith. But I, you, the people that were at that funeral, still need faith. That person that died that was a believer, they no longer struggle with faith. But I do. You do. Still struggle with faith. And here's why they don't. Because they, they're in the presence of God. That's the, one of the hopes of our faith. In the presence of God, they no longer have this thing where they can't see him like us. We need, he's unseen to us, but not to those that have died in faith. The Bible puts it this way. It says, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope in what he sees? You know, 
I mentioned this to you guys before as, as a hospice chaplain. One of the favorite things I get to do is that I get to reassure people of their faith if they're believers, right? And here's a question that I ask. In hospice, when the patients are still alert and can talk, I'll ask them this question. And I already know that they're a Christian. I'll ask them, hey, do you know what's going to happen when you die? And here's the most common thing I hear. Well, I hope I go to heaven. I hope I go to heaven. And here's the thing. Their hope, for the most part, is the hope like, okay, I, it's like I wish or it might happen or it might not happen. And I tell them, here's where I reassure them and it brings so much joy to them. I said, you know what? You can have a confident expectation of what will happen to you when you die. You can know you're going to heaven. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, it says this. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Confident expectation. You can have it too. If you don't have it already, let me reassure you of the faith you have and what it does. We'll leave you guys with one more illustration before I close about faith. Check this out. Several, well, let me ask you first. I don't know if you guys know Josiah, my son back there in the production booth, right? He did a little video a while ago too. Josiah, raise your, raise your hand. People can see you back there. There he is. So Josiah, my wife and I love going to the beach. I'm sure a lot of us do go to Port A, right? Texas very area, like Doug, Pastor Doug calls it. We love going out there to the beach, right? So when Josiah was born and he was just starting to walk, we went to the beach, Right? We get to the edge of the ocean, and I'm holding his hand. Vita's holding his hand on the other side. And, and uh, so I let go of his hand, and, and I walk into the water in front of him. And I call him. I say, son, Josiah, come in the water, son. Never been in the water, barely learning how to walk. A wave comes to the edge, and he runs with that toddler run away from the water because he was afraid. Right? And he comes back. The mom, he grabs a mom, his mom's leg, hugging his mom's leg. And I said, come on, Josiah, come in the water. He's like, he turns his head away from me, like saying, no quiero, daddy. I don't want to, daddy. I'm afraid. That's what I heard in my head, right? I said, come on, son. So he gets the courage and he walks in, right? He comes over and he hugs my leg. We're barely in this much water. He hugs my leg, right? I pick him up, and I walk a little bit further in, just a little bit, and I kneel down in the water. Uh, I kneel down, the, the waves hit us a little bit and get him wet. And bam, this huge wave just knocks us out. No, just kidding. But I tell you that story because even as a little child, there was a faith inside there, faith in me. Trust me to not be afraid, 
right? And here's a cool thing that I've seen over the years is that we still kept going to the beach and now he's like 12, 13 years old. And we went, true story, we went to the beach the day after a hurricane. A hurricane had sideswiped Port Aransas, hit somewhere out there by Louisiana, Texas border. And the waves were just tumultuous. I mean, like all over the place, high wind was blowing. And there goes Josiah into the water. There's a picture of him right here. Out there in the water, just those crazy waves. Of course, I'm eyeballing him, making sure he's not going to drift away. But I tell you that because maybe God's calling you into the water. I don't know where you're at in your walk. Maybe you've never put your faith in God. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe today's that day. Or maybe you've been walking in faith for a while and he's, now he's asking you to come a little deeper. Come a little deeper, Mandy. Come a little deeper, Jesse. Come a little deeper. Come a little deeper. That's my prayer for you guys. You know, we all struggle. We all struggle with our faith. And uh, it's crazy to think. You ever look through the Bible? So many stories of people struggling. Check it out. Even the name Israel. For people, God's people, the Israelites, the name Israel stands for struggles with God. It's crazy, right? So you don't have to be perfect. You're not alone. And even if you have a little faith, be hopeful. Be hopeful. Let's bow our heads one more time in prayer, guys. Father, I can't help but thank Lord God that... Uh, there's somebody out there right now who's struggling. Maybe they're struggling and believing with you, period, Father, and believing in Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you draw them to yourself through your Holy Spirit, Father. Our faith is not our own, Father. Your word says that you, Father, draw us to yourself. So draw them, Father, those that are unbelieving. You know who they are, Lord. And Father, for those of us that have been walking by faith, Father, I pray that you increase our faith and that we do go deeper into that living water, Lord. You are our hope, Father, that will never leave us or forsake us. You are hope of living a full and abundant life, Father. You are hope for the future, a future in heaven, a future with loved ones who have gone before us in faith. So much hope, Lord God. And ultimately, Lord, the evidence is pointing to the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, who at this present time we do not see, Father. Help us in moments of unbelief, Lord. I pray all of this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you guys for coming out today. Thank you for watching online. For those of you online, for coming in and tuning in. And speaking of going in the water. We had over 100 baptisms last year, 114 to be exact. Yeah. 
And that right there, there's a picture of some evidence, right? That God is making a difference. He's making a difference here in the lives of people at City Tribe. And a big part of that happens because of your generosity, right? There's four ways we give here in our church. You know, we don't pass, like Pastor Doug says, we don't pass offering plates and stuff, but you can mail your, your offering, your tithe. The tithe is 10% of your financial resources. You can text to tithe, right? That, that number that's right there on the screen. You can also give electronically by visiting our website, or you can give right here at the given kiosk and the, the boxes there. However you do, thank you guys for your generosity. And before you go, I want to I wanna just remind you guys of a couple of things. One is, if you've been struggling with your faith and you need more prayer, our prayer team would love to pray with you. They'd love to pray with you. Go out there and pray with them. Also, I want to remind you that this Tuesday, we're having an awakened service at 7 p.m. right here in the Cameo Theater. Come worship with us. It's going to be an awesome night of worship. There's going to be a guest speaker. Come on down this, this Tuesday at 7 p.m. right here in the Cameo. And also, Pastor Doug has been encouraging us to do some prayer walking, right? So I want to encourage you too. We've been prayer walking through this series. We're asking God to make a difference in us so we can make a difference with him. He can walk out through this door, go around this way, around the block. You can walk up to the front, go that way. Join us in that prayer. Be holy. Prayer to be honest. A prayer to be hopeful and a prayer to be holistic. So thank you, guys. Go ahead and stand up, guys. I want to speak a benediction over you. Familia, my hope and prayer that you take this little jar right here with that little bitty seed in there, that mustard seed, put it somewhere where you see it, maybe on a daily basis, I don't know. Somebody was telling me, hey, I'm going to turn that into a necklace. But yeah, when you see this, may it be a reminder of your faith that is inside of you, right? Even if it's small, it's powerful. I pray that it grow. I pray that you have that substance of things hoped for, and I pray for that evidence of things unseen that just keeps growing inside of you. Be hopeful. All right, guys, y'all have a beautiful day. Take care. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.